Welcome to the 5G Tech Rhetoric Podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. Ladies and lords, we continue and we move on with the mission of 5G Tech Rhetoric. One of them is to drive the development of the 5G ecosystems, and not only in the Baltic Sea region, but also all across Europe and also beyond. So this is the moment to ask you, what is the best way to create more European 5G ecosystems? Is it A, more funding? Is it B, more regional collaboration? Is it C, more conferences and events? Or is it D, all of the above mentioned? This is what will be discussed right now in the next discussion online and actually right here from uh, on my side in uh, on the stage here on Riga as well. So the next discussion, a very great one on the European 5G ecosystems to find a solution for how regional centers can play a big role. And the moderator of this discussion, joining me online now, is Ioannis Tomkos, the professor of University of Patras. Ioannis, great to have you. And Hello. Great to hear you online as well. And I think this is the moment when you will be thrilled to announce who are the people joining you for this discussion. I will announce them shortly. So first of all, hello to all participants. A very warm welcome from my side as well. Um, I'm uh, the moderator for uh, this session today on European 5G ecosystems. Uh, we have uh, four high-profile uh, panelists uh, to join us. Uh, we'll uh, present them later. Um, for 5G Territory, I serve as a program advisor for uh, the last couple of years. I hope you do enjoy uh, the event. So, uh, this session we are uh, discussing now, European 5G Ecosystems, is one of the most important ones for this forum, since the mission of 5G Territory is indeed to drive the development of such uh, ecosystems uh, in uh, Nordics and Baltics, but also across uh, Europe and uh, the world. So, uh, we believe that the formation of such uh, ecosystems are a prerequisite for leveraging the potential of the underlying technologies and, of course, the services that are uh, going to be based on this um, infrastructure. So, for this uh, panel discussion, we will uh, consider discussing uh, in more detail uh, the efforts that uh, different countries across Europe are undertaking in order to establish such uh, national 5G ecosystems, assisted by the initiatives of uh, the European Commission. Um, we know that the uh, European Commission has um, decided to fund, uh, with uh, significant amounts of funding, uh, initiatives towards the establishment of uh, competence centers and uh, digital innovation hubs in order to boost the uh, innovation ecosystems on high-tech uh, uh, across uh, Europe, and in particular some of these uh, 5G competence uh, centers and uh, digital innovation hubs will be devoted to, to 5G. And this is to be discussed in more detail um, later on during our panel. Um, these uh, um, ecosystems are supported by significant uh, funds uh, coming from uh, the regional, uh, European regional uh, development funds and also from the Digital Europe uh, program. Uh, over 500 million euros 
is indeed allocated to uh, the establishment of such competence centers and uh, digital innovation hub. Uh, an example of such uh, an establishment, uh, and I'm proud to, uh, to be part of it, is uh, the 5G uh, competence center established in Greece. It's a national um, center con comprising of 25 partners, uh, including 20 uh, companies. So such uh, activities and such uh, centers will be deployed across uh, Europe to further boost um, 5G adoption and uh, deployments. Of course, besides the public uh, sector initiatives at European Commission level all, or at uh, the governments, national governments level, the private sectors, uh, the uh, telecom operators, the equipment vendors, but also the end users are formulating um, associations and ecosystems in order to um, develop further the infrastructures and the services. As an example, I would like to mention the Telecom Infra project uh, and also the open run uh, initiatives taking place across uh, Europe and the globe, in fact. By now, we have more, such, more than 35 such uh, ecosystems being uh, formulated across the world. So it's a great pleasure for me to introduce to you uh, the panelists of uh, today's uh, session. Uh, they are all uh, very high level representing uh, uh, different regions across uh, Europe and also national uh, governments. Uh, so uh, the first speaker is um, panelist is um, Dr. Athanasios Staveris Polikalas. He is the general uh, secretary for uh, telecoms uh, and posts in Greece. We also have with us um, uh, Mr. George Mihailidis, who is the commissioner of uh, communications from uh, the state of Cyprus. Uh, third, we have uh, Nils, uh, Nils Kamlins, who is, uh, as you know, the 5G uh, Territory Director, but also representing uh, the government of uh, Latvia at this uh, panel as Director of the Electronic uh, Communications Office. Uh, and finally, we also have uh, Dr. Ioannis Neokosmidis, uh, representing uh, the uh, region of Benelux, and in particular uh, Luxembourg, uh, he is uh, acting as advisor uh, for, uh, for them. So, um, we will go over uh, the, a short introductory statement now by each uh, panelist, and then we will follow with uh, questions and answers. Uh, by the way, you have uh, the chance to ask your own questions and we will try to address those at a later stage. I would like to start uh, this opening statements uh, with uh, Nils. Um, you know, he started this uh, 5G territory. Uh, he is one of the main uh, drivers behind it. So uh, in formation of such ecosystems, I believe he has something to say. So uh, Nils, please. Um, you can start this uh, round of uh, introductions. Yeah. Hello. Hello, dear friends. Hello, dear Tekritorians. Uh, I'm really happy to be here and to tell our story, 
who we are and why we are doing the work, what we are doing in frames of 5G territory. And here I should came a little bit back in our history. It was five years ago when our organization, Electronic Communications Office of Latvia, actually to start to think uh, how we can support, how we can boost uh, national industry uh, related to telecommunications and to, of course related to upcoming changes at those times related to the 5G technologies. And because from very practical point of view, we are technical regulator, basically uh, supervising and uh, monitoring the frequency spectrum, uh, and our daily, daily work is related to that, it was quite difficult to recognize how we can help our industry. But actually having great uh, connections around the Europe and globally, uh, we find out uh, some of ideas how we can start to, uh, to support our local industry in relation to upcoming 5G technologies. And that was the very, very initial phase of 5G territory. Uh, we start locally being a very small ecosystem uh, of Latvia, because as you know, Latvia is still a very small country. But quite soon we recognized that, uh, let's say, with Latvia alone is not enough. We should talk to our neighbors, uh, Lithuania and Estonia, we should talk to our Nordic um, neighbors, Finland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, and here we come. First 5G territory was organized already as a uh, Nordic Baltic ecosystem forum. So I would like to say we started small, but today, for example, this forum is already visited by two and a half thousand participants coming from 110 countries. So, of course, I cannot say that all of them are equally involved in our ecosystem, but what can I say, the 5G territory serves for our region, Nordic Baltic region, for globally, for Europe and for the whole world, really significant, uh, let's say, amount of contacts who are really interested to provide value in relation to 5G development. That's in very short about our ecosystem. Thank you very much, uh, Nils. Certainly, you are setting a best practice uh, example for other uh, countries and regions. Uh, let's proceed to this uh, round of introductions and uh, go to um, Mr. Athanasios Staveris Polikalas, who is the General Secretary of uh, Telecoms and Posts uh, in Greece. Hello, good afternoon from me. Thank you very much for inviting me to this, uh, to this great event. Um, from uh, our side, from the Greek government's uh, side, what I have to say is that uh, we have understood since the beginning, since uh, the last uh, couple of years, the importance and the need of uh, digital transformation, telecommunications, and especially 5G, is a core component of this digital uh, transformation. And we have proven that uh, not only we have a strategy, but we try, we implement it also, because this is the important uh, part. Last December, December 2020, we completed the 5G auction, as you well uh, know. But not only that, we searched to find and to provide added value to what uh, we do. This is why, through the auction of the 5G, we have created the 5G Festos Fund, which is um, a fund that we provide the ability to startups and SMEs uh, to invent in uh, research and development 
in applications that have to do that have to deal with uh, 5G that are going to use 5G. Here I have to say that um, uh, all these uh, great promises of 5G technology that expect to come to our lives are just a glimpse of what we should expect uh, from the future. This is what we understand now. As all the technologies of the past, the telecom technologies, 3G, 4G, is we have an initial thought of, of what we can achieve, but market, uh, young uh, scientists, SMEs and startups, create applications that we never imagined before. This is exactly what we should expect from 5G. Note also that uh, 5G, the technical uh, differences of 5G comparing to previous technologies, like uh, the large amount of data that can be transmitting, transmitted at a low latency, will allow more elaborate applications, will allow applications like uh, gaming, e-gaming, like uh, remote surgeries, like vehicle controlling automated vehicles, to be a reality and not just um, a thought of our imagination. We see that 5G technology compared with, uh, let's say, IoT on a large scale, which will provide us a big, huge amounts of uh, data, will be, will be the fuel of artificial intelligence as we all consider and think about it. All these components, 5G, artificial intelligence, big data, will be the perfect storm of creating new jobs, new opportunities, and driving us to a future where digital transformation is not just words placed on a paper on some strategies, but a reality, which will actually, at the end of the day, will improve our way of lives, our everyday life, will improve our economy and our society as a whole. This is for me now, and I'm looking really, I'm really looking forward to have a fruitful conversation. Excellent. Thank you very much for this uh, introductory statement. Um, let's uh, proceed to our next uh, panelist, uh, who is uh, Mr. George Mihailidis, uh, Commissioner of Communications from uh, the state of uh, Cyprus. Well, thank you, thank you, Ivanis. First of all, I would like to thank the organizers for uh, giving me the chance to uh, participate to this uh, very high-level uh, event. Uh, and indeed, uh, ecosystems are, are something that uh, we need to consider, or every state needs to consider, because um, cooperation, collaboration, and access to information are some of the key elements for innovation. And therefore, if we want to promote innovation, then the creation of an ecosystem will be definitely able to facilitate, uh, to facilitate this. To my mind, uh, an ecosystem can be a virtual or a physical space where people can and organizations can, uh, can interact towards a similar goal. And uh, for, a, for an ecosystem to be a successful one, you need to have a blend of these organizations. You have different organizations, such as academia, private uh, sector, and that includes uh, startups, include investors, uh, industry, as well as, of course, the public sector. And as we have seen so far today, uh, and this is valid for many countries, it is not very common to have these different groups interacting together. And uh, the reason is simply because uh, being at different organizations and different stakeholders, they may have different objectives or even different approach for the same challenge. So the only way 
for this to be overcome and to be able to enable this interaction and, of course, hence towards an ecosystem, we need to have a state to take a leading role. And uh, the state should be there to make sure that the objectives are understood, they are common objectives, they are aligned, uh, and uh, the, the state will take the necessary measures, uh, practical measures, to coordinate the interaction as well as to enable funding of these groups. So for me, uh, an ecosystem can be a virtual space as well, or mainly a virtual space, uh, but having in mind that uh, the scope of an ecosystem does not have geographic limits, uh, it means that once a country decides for an ecosystem to uh, spread outside the borders of the state, then we should expect that this ecosystem should be, uh, could be uh, a global one too. So that's, that's for me for the time being. Thank you. Very well uh, said. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Mikhailidis. Uh, we're on the same wavelength, I believe. Uh, let's proceed to our uh, next uh, panelist, um, uh, the fourth one for this panel, uh, Dr. Ioannis Neokosmidis, who is uh, the CEO of Insights uh, Company, um, who is advising uh, recently the government of uh, Luxembourg. Thank you very much, Ioannis. Uh, good afternoon to, to everyone. Uh, Luxembourg is, uh, is uh, very aligned with what Mr. Mikhailidis uh, said before. Uh, we believe that uh, an ecosystem is uh, more than funding of, uh, of innovation and uh, we can use uh, two paradigms, for example, the natural uh, ecosystems, uh, as well as from engineering, uh, a term uh, known as uh, system of systems where uh, we can see a, an ecosystem as uh, a space. I don't know if it is virtual or not, as Mr. Mikhailidi said before, but it is a space where uh, something uh, uh, more can be achieved rather than individuals can, uh, can, can perform. Um, so we believe that it is a space where different uh, stakeholders can exchange uh, ideas as well as to, to achieve uh, common goals. However, uh, an ecosystem has also uh, challenges and uh, the most crucial, the most important is to find uh, common, uh, common benefits and common goals. And maybe innovation is one of these common uh, goals. Um, Luxembourg has performed in the last uh, three, four years, uh, great effort in order to to, to lay down the, the, the basis of uh, 5G in general and uh, of uh, 5G ecosystem uh, through a clear strategy uh, as well as through conferences, uh, uh, call for pilot projects, uh, communication strategy in order to, to inform all the stakeholders about the benefits of uh, 5G as well as uh, the 5G ecosystem. Uh, and I am open to also discuss uh, uh, further topics on, on 5G ecosystem in, in uh, Luxembourg. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, let's, uh, let's proceed now to uh, discussion among us. Uh, I have some uh, questions to, to address to you. Uh, 
Uh, we have already some uh, information about what you do in uh, your country. I would like to hear more from all uh, panelists uh, how you are enabling the formation of uh, 5G ecosystems in your country. And also, uh, what, uh, where do you see the, the value for your own countries and regions in creating such uh, uh, 5G ecosystems? And I would like to start with uh, Mr. Polikalas. Well, the the first uh, the first object that we succeeded to actually complete after the 5G auction, and I'm not talking about the 5G Christmas funds, is that we hold one percent of the whole uh, spectrum of 5G. This uh, this is going to be used, and actually is already being used to universities. For, uh, for applications that uh, will, uh, will be developed from universities. So this is a first part to include the academia inside all the, in all this uh, R&D process of uh, 5G and whatever products or processes can be created through the 5G. This is uh, one part and we believe that this is of great value. This proves actually are willing to cooperate state with uh, the academia. Um, 5G Festos funds, you all know about it, you know what is purpose, what, what, what is going to serve. At the same time, as state, through the RRF, we have a great, a huge project that's called the 5G corridors, the connected uh, highways, which uh, unofficially I would like to call the intelligent uh, highways. Um, this uh, project is all about to, to use how do going 5G technology to be used in a highway not only for, um, for the applications that we already have in mind, for example, uh, smart uh, traffic or traffic management, but go a step above, a step beyond. How we are going to be able to have vehicles, for example, that are going to be warned for uh, objects or troubles on the road in uh, one to two kilometers away from, uh, from the, 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 their traffic, their track. Inside this project, you can understand that we're going to have uh, an abundance of uh, data, that this data can be used, can be supplied partially as open data for SMEs or startups or even academia to make any kind of uh, research that they would like concerning traffic. This is also part of uh, a logistics chain, that, logistics chain that we would like to enhance in Greece. Greece and ports of Piraeus and Ioanna are huge ports in uh, the southeastern Europe that can use and should use 5G technologies to enhance their business. We are we're certain that through this, uh, this project, technologies can be tested, SMEs and startups can be part of such an ecosystem, and I'm not referring only to companies or startups or SMEs that are within Greek territory, but, but European Union territory, and taking it further, this 5G corridor project that we are going to hopefully run uh, very soon is going to be the precursor, the pilot, better, for the connected highways within the European Union. So I believe that with these actions, the 5G auction, the Festos funds, which is a major pillar of uh, our policy, and the actual projects that we are going to start within the RRF, it's a very good step towards building an ecosystem not only within Greece, but giving the paradigm also for the European Union. Indeed. Thank you very much for uh, sharing these uh, initiatives of uh, yours. 
the, the FESTOS fund and also the uh, offering of spectrum to research institutes and universities. In fact, uh, our university is a beneficiary of this uh, new uh, idea, so thank you very much. Uh, I wanted to ask uh, everyone uh, which are the verticals that are of particular interest for your country and region and uh, I guess for, for Greece, uh, you mentioned already smart transport. I would like to come back to, to this uh, later on, but uh, let's uh, proceed with our uh, next panelist, um, uh, Mr. Mikhailidis. Again, I would like to, to ask him, uh, how do you enable your, uh, the for formation of 5G ecosystems in uh, Cyprus? And uh, where do you see the value, if you see value, information of such an ecosystem? Yes, uh, thank you, Anis. Uh, well, first of all, um, what we are uh, trying to build uh, in Cyprus is it's an ecosystem which is a vertical, the vertical you just mentioned earlier on, on, on maritime, on maritime cybersecurity covering also the 5G technologies. For example, the use of 5G technology in, in a port or in the, in the maritime uh, industry for, uh, for digitization. Um, the, uh, the idea is to have four pillars that will cover technology, we cover uh, training, uh, regulation, as well as the data sharing, uh, or let's say big data stroke uh, data processing, that is analytics and, and AI. Um, so for us, we want to align this ecosystem with, uh, with the industry in Cyprus that delivers uh, most in the GDP of the country. For example, the maritime industry, because uh, Cyprus, the same as Greece, we are world powers in, in maritime. So we want to have these ecosystems to enable our industry. But at the same time, since we, are, uh, we want to become a regional hub, and if you, are a, if you are in the maritime industry, you become a hub if you have um, uh, ships or you manage ships for all over the world. So in that sense, you, you have this layer of the ecosystem to facilitate all these four I just mentioned, and in a sense, feeding into your maritime industry. But at the same time, you can use the maritime industry as let's say the, the beta testers or uh, I don't want to be misunderstood, let's say the guinea pigs, that they will be uh, applying the technology first, but of course they will have the benefits of, let's say, get uh, cheap technology uh, or uh, become one of the first adopters towards benefit them uh, as well. So uh, in terms of, of this, this is what we are doing. But I have to mention here that the, uh, the position of the state is of the vast significance because if you don't have the set state involvement, for example, for that, we have uh, signed an MOU with the Ministry of Maritime. So you need to have the state up, the state back up on that. And then when you start interacting with, with other nations and you want them to get actively involved into that, it's good to have, let's say, uh, first the government to government discussion or ministry to ministry with an MOU, and then once you get this approval or this agreement to work, then you get the private sector of, of these countries uh, be part of it as well. 
Excellent. So you outlined uh, smart uh, transport corridors uh, as uh, the General Secretary from uh, Greece as of high importance and priority for uh, your country. In fact, uh, over the past uh, couple of years, we're discussing about uh, uh, 5G corridors over, over the sea, smart uh, uh, sea corridors, let's call them, uh, also for the Baltics and Nordics uh, region. That has been uh, a topic of active discussions um, within 5G territory. And for that purpose, I would like then to go to uh, Niels uh, and uh, ask him, uh, of course, the general question, uh, how uh, do you support the formation of 5G ecosystems in Baltics and Nordics? But also, I would like to kindly ask you to uh, discuss a bit more about your efforts to make the Baltic Sea the first digital sea in the world. Yeah, thank you for question. Um, but answer actually, it's uh, you know maybe we need one day to explain all tricks and tips uh, how we are doing ecosystem. But maybe I will start with just few things, you know. And 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 first of all, you should be honest, honest to your members of your ecosystem. And to be honest, actually, we created a very initially uh, key principles. Let's be cross-sectoral. It means because digitalization and 5G will cover basically all sectors, what we can imagine. Secondly, let's be really cross-regional because we cannot realize, especially being a small country, big projects, big ambitions. We cannot create business standing alone or be excluded from larger environment. So that's the reason why we involved our partners from neighboring countries at first uh, stage. And secondly, the cross-level, because uh, if I'm saying the cross-level, it means it, it's not means that you are, let's say, big boss or minister or, or highly educated scientist, you can talk only to your equal guys. Actually, the challenge of 5G is so big that we really can avoid any kind of barriers in relation to communication of ourselves to develop a real 5G ecosystem. That's the very basic. The second thing, let's do true innovation by prototyping. And because we cannot do our own routers or our own some other hardware, we did process innovation. And we started with policymaker hackathon already Two years ago, we used the usual startup strategy uh, or methodology, how they developing ideas, and actually we adopted this methodology for policymakers because we know that one of the greatest barriers of 5G development in Europe and globally is actually lack of uh, appropriate legal framework. We know that in our laboratories we have already self-flying drones, self-flying cars, sorry, driving cars, uh, ships, and many other good things. But they still stay in laboratories because they cannot go out of there because the legislation is not established. So we see that the hackathon is a really appropriate way how to educate, how to train, and how jointly Latvian, Lithuanian, uh, 
people from uh, legal framework creators from Greece, from Germany, can work together really in a very extensive environment to achieve the results that are needed for our industry. And the results are needed really now because what we see as one of the greatest problems or challenges of Europe is that we're losing our comp competitiveness. It means that other regions become stronger by being more free, being more open to new technologies, by adoptions, by, by using the new technologies, and Europe should hurry up in those terms. Next, of course, we carefully look around on where could be a real business cases of 5G. And if I'm talking here about Latvia's approach or where Latvia is focusing our, our, our attention right now, then we can say this is, of course, mobility. And if we are talking about mobility, then we are talking about uh, remotely driving cars, self-driving cars, and drone technologies, because they will be a part of 5G. Secondly, of course, defense technologies. And here I'm very happy that our companies are very active in this, uh, cooperating with each other, creating projects, delivering real results to deliver 5G solutions for defense sector. And of course, uh, there are many other things around which are, which are related more or less to very popular topic right now, which is metaverse. And we have a very special company, uh, Spacelight Technologies, which actually now going to deliver quite significant range of services for healthcare, for police, for schools and universities, even for city environment, where we can use uh, 5G technologies in combination with 3D glasses uh, to, develop, to deliver new services, and not just new services, actually to create an extremely huge platform for new companies, for startups, where they can innovate, where they can provide new business solutions for local use and, all, of course, for global use. That's in very few sentences about, from, about the projects. The second thing is really where I'm proud of is that actually when we started 5G territory, it was really difficult to bring together even locally here in Latvia key stakeholders. Because Latvia, as many other European countries actually, are quite decentralized or fragmented if we are talking about digitalization. I know that several countries already in Europe have the digital ministers. Actually, in my country, this, uh, the, this duty was divided into four ministries, and it, it was very, very difficult to bring them together and to really to achieve that all ministers are talking the same language. Because if we are act, acting locally and globally, talking one language, having one set of priorities, it's, it's very, very important. And this was one of the most hardest works for us, actually. But now I'm proudly to say, uh, I'm proudly saying that our prime minister knows what the 5G is and he is supporting. Our president knows what it is and he's patron of our activities. And all related ministries, Edu Ministry of Education, Economy, Environment, Regional Protection, 
defense, transport ministry, all of them are in, and actually, what is the result? The result is that industry and academia, who also are very important members of ecosystem, they are looking on this process already very, very seriously. And that's the reason why we can establish new projects locally, and of, of course, we can show our example to our neighbors, and this actually creates very great spin-off effect, because other ones around trying to do the same, and actually, then we have very good partners around us, because we are talking the same language, because we are trying to adopt the same principles. Actually, this is very, very hard work. At some moment, you can tell it in five minutes, but actually for us, it took four years to achieve this really uh, significant unifi unification of everything. To be really focused on that topic, uh, 5G technologies uh, for upcoming period. Excellent. Certainly takes a lot of effort to uh, make a big impact, and uh, I'm sure you, you did it uh, in uh, your country, but also the impact of uh, 5G territory is, uh, uh, it goes uh, beyond to the Nordics and Baltics and the rest of Europe. Um, thank you also very much for uh, outlining some other use cases that uh, uh, Latvia is focusing on. Uh, the defense industry you mentioned, for example. Uh, I would like to, to ask uh, the same question also to uh, Ioannis Neokosmidis. Uh, what are the verticals of interest for uh, Luxembourg and Benelux countries in, in general? And where do you see uh, the value of formation of uh, ecosystems at national and uh, regional level at your region? Yes, <clears throat> thank you, Ioannis. Uh, the verticals, or in general, the sectors that uh, uh, the most important in, in, in Luxembourg is, of course, banking and fintech, uh, transportation, automotive, and logistics, uh, because Luxembourg uh, is at the center of, uh, of Europe uh, with uh, a number of uh, neighboring countries, so uh, cross border. Uh, uh, use cases uh, are very important uh, uh, and attractive. Of course, e-health uh, and smart uh, farming. Uh, surprisingly enough, uh, also tourism, mainly due to business traveling, is uh, a sector that uh, Luxembourg uh, is focusing on. Just to, to highlight that uh, these verticals and sectors have been identified through a policy project um, on behalf of the government of, of Luxembourg, funded by the European Commission and uh, DG Reform, where we had uh, also Insights uh, has uh, participated in, and uh, we had uh, uh, almost 50 uh, interviews with 50 uh, stakeholders in Luxembourg in order to better understand the situation there and also understand the, their needs and uh, define the most important sectors and, uh, and verticals. Now, to the second part of your question regarding uh, the value. At the national level, uh, the value is to, to achieve the maximum, let's say, uh, result and benefit uh, for Luxembourg, from, from 5G, I mean. And also, uh, the 5G ecosystem and the coordination mechanism 
that will be decided uh, very soon and announced by the, the prime minister uh, is a means in order to to attract uh, uh, companies from 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 abroad uh, abroad uh, in an in international level uh, there are several challenges and issues that uh, uh, must be solved so an ecosystem is also a means in order to collaborate with neighboring countries uh, in order to solve such uh, issues. For example, synchronization issues between Luxembourg and uh, Germany or uh, France, uh, or other uh, automotive cross-border uh, uh, cases that uh, uh, should be also addressed. So I think the value of uh, an ecosystem in, in Luxembourg and in general uh, is very uh, high, both in the national and uh, international level. Very good. Thank you very much. Uh, you mentioned about uh, collaborations uh, you are initiating uh, in Luxembourg uh, with uh, neighboring countries. I would like to uh, ask this question also to, to the other uh, speakers, but uh, uh, also um, let me ask you uh, who are the, what are the main actions uh, you are undertaking in order to enable further regional collaboration? Uh, let's continue with uh, you, Ioannis, and then uh, we go to our next uh, panelist. Uh, yes, um, mainly uh, through the openness of uh, Luxembourg in participating in uh, in uh, projects, either research and innovation or. Uh, uh, other type of, of projects through uh, the funding of SEF uh, Digital 2 or the Horizon uh, Europe uh, projects which are uh, getting launched. Uh, however, Luxembourg is open in any kind of uh, collaboration uh, and uh, the Ministry is, is ready to discuss uh, any, any collaboration and uh, any type of ecosystem-like uh, effort, let's say. Thank you. Excellent. Very good. Uh, let's go to Mr. Mihailidis now. Uh, and the question is, if you are uh, collaborating with other countries for the development of such uh, uh, collaborative uh, ecosystems, in particular on the topic you mentioned about uh, smart uh, maritime corridors, uh, and uh, what actions you are uh, planning to undertake to further enable such collaborations? Yes, uh, of course, the um, building an ecosystem uh, it couldn't be a task for one state to be successful. Uh, so yes, indeed, we, we do collaborate with, uh, with countries, uh, both at the regional level, but also we include countries not in our continent. And uh, as I said before, because we believe that uh, you need a backup, you need the backup of the, of the governments, uh, that's why we also involve the ministries like of foreign affairs to get access to, uh, to the right agencies on the, on the countries that we would like to be involved. We get the agreement at that level and then we work together to bring uh, in the ecosystem, uh, the academia, the private sector, etc. So uh, I would say the key uh, element of that is the state 
and uh, to organize or let's say put up the framework of the uh, of the whole thing and then uh, everything else uh, can follow. Excellent, thanks. Uh, let's ask uh, the same question also to Mr. Polikalas. Uh, what are the, the actions you are taking to collaborate with other uh, countries? Uh, and um, which ones uh, now you, with which ones now you have initiated discussions and what are your plans? First of all, I'd like to say that if we take common actions, also without uh, Mr. Nakosmidis, Dr. Nakosmidis and uh, Mr. Michalidis said, um, we, we see a great value cooperating with the academic sector for the 5G. We see great value enhancing SMEs and startups because these are going the ones that are going to bring new ideas uh, besides the, the ones that we already have. And we plan to use this uh, flagship project, the 5G corridors, as, uh, in quotes, a benchmark of technologies. We need to see added value in this. And of course, we are open to discussion, cooperation with, uh, with all countries that uh, have to offer their ideas we want to cooperate with them to get to have common standards because this is also something uh, critical and we expect that the uh, cooperation of public sector academia and private sector in especially in this flagship uh, project is going to bring great results for all of us of course these results are going to be open to all european union countries because we need to build the ecosystems to be balanced between us and exchange ideas and knowledge. Otherwise, we are not going to be competitive at the end of the day. Excellent. Uh, let's uh, stay on that topic, uh, the smart corridors. Uh, that is of uh, high interest, I realize, for many uh, of our panelists. So let me ask you, uh, who are the main stakeholders uh, you consider for such smart transport, smart, smart corridors ecosystem. Have you initiated discussions uh, with them? Uh, do they see uh, the value in setting up uh, an, eco an ecosystem among them? And what are the applications uh, they foresee as of value to them? And this question goes to all panelists. And at the same time, we will start a new 5G territory tradition. The tradition will be to finalize a panel discussion with an open question. So that is something, <laughs> something for everyone to think about. Maybe till next year, who knows. But I definitely I really feel bad to interrupt this discussion and I feel more than bad about it. But at the same time, I know that this discussion was something that was started long before 5G territory and that will finish on and off the screen today as well. Gentlemen, for now, I really have to break it up and have to thank you for this really amazing, meaningful discussion with a small of an insight in 5G territory's history led by Southern Europe with a Northern European touch by Nails Kalnic here in Riga. Once again, thank you for this great discussion. We are moving on with another great